Welcome to Rangers Blue Line, covering the blue shirts from the SNY studios. Here's your host, Brian Compton. After a very disappointing double overtime loss in game two, the Rangers bounce back in a big way at the Garden on Tuesday night, a 4-1 victory against the Ottawa Senators. Welcome to the show. Brian Compton and Adam Rodder here with you. And I caught up with Dan Rosen from NHL.com at the Garden after game three. You'll hear that interview in a little bit. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How are you? Doing great. The Rangers are probably doing a little bit better than I am after that unbelievable performance. Uh, let's start with the first period, Adam. Uh, they dominated right from the drop of the puck. They outshoot them 15-5. to 5. It was 2 nothing after one. Could have been even more than that. Just a really tremendous performance in those first 20 minutes. As it was going on, I kept thinking to myself, this must be the team Guy Boucher was saying was going to crush the Senators. Like, this must have been the team he was waiting yeah. to see because they were, they were great. It was the best I think they've played all playoffs. They were fast. They were executing on their passes. They were getting chances. It was just, it was just a completely different team to me than the team we've seen in the other two games, despite Elaine Vigneault continuing to say he liked their last six periods. The consensus after the game, Adam, from most of the guys that I spoke with, and including the coach, Elaine Vigneault, was the second day off was the difference. They really needed another day to just, you know, relax and not get away from the game for, for a full day because that game two loss was brutal. I mean, when you when you have a two-goal lead with four minutes to go and you lose the game, that, that's really tough to overcome. And it was weird because when the schedule came out, I'm like, why do they have two days here? Like, this is, <laughs> you know, it's normally like, you know, the conference finals of the Stanley Cup, it's game one, and then it's a couple of days. But, like, there's no real travel day here. Like, I just felt like it was weird, but it ended up working for the Rangers. I th was I think there something at the Garden? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure either. Uh, uh, wait, uh, no, I don't think the Knicks are playing anymore, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that was a, uh, I don't think they had the date. <laughs> They're definitely not playing. Uh, and as far as Lundqvist goes, 26 saves, he was solid out, no question, but Senators had, what, three quality chances the entire game? The only save that stood out for me, uh, as far as Hank goes, was the save on MacArthur with about five and a half minutes to go. Yeah, there was a point in the first period where I was like, has he even gotten a shot yet? And then they flashed on the screen that it was two. And I was like, oh, well, you know, let's, let's see how the rest of this game plays out. But overall, you know, this was an easy night for Henrik. And, you know, I think that that was a good thing on a lot of different levels. I think it was a good thing after game two where he was clearly shaky. Uh, I think it was a good thing because I've been saying all year the Rangers need to find a way to limit the amount of shots he faces or the quality shots, the amount of movement he takes, because that's going to keep him fresher, you know, during the year and through the playoffs. And I think that last night was, you know, I don't want to say it was like an off night for Henrik, but it was just like, you know, it was a pretty easy night compared to every other game he's faced in the playoffs. Talk about a 180 as far as the defense goes, right? I mean, they gave up a zillion quality chances in game two, didn't get in front of the net. A lot of those goals were deflections. Really, the, the only goal that was on Hank in game two was the first Pajot goal. That was a bad one, but the others are redirections in front. The Rangers aren't clearing that space, but they gave Ottawa nothing last night, zero. Yeah, they gave Ottawa nothing, and I don't think Ottawa was really in a position to take anything. They never really pushed in the way that yeah. I think that they'll probably in the way that the Rangers certainly pushed and the way that I think the Senators have pushed in this series and will again but it just kind of seemed like Ottawa got it the way the Rangers started like after the second shift it was like Ottawa got scared and they didn't know what to do they weren't willing to play and then you know as the Rangers were up and winning in the game and clearly dominating in a way that you know they were up in game two but they were never dominating at least in my opinion 
that, you know, the Senators just kind of didn't really play last night, you know, and they certainly said it after the game. They were very, yeah. very self-critical, which I think is, you know, a sign of a good team. I think they're honest. And I think that game four is probably going to be uh, – that's going to be an intense one. I think that one's got the potential to get real nasty too. Yeah, I believe Guy Boucher's words where we got slapped in the face. So you can expect a big-time response from the Senators on Thursday night. Uh, Mika Zabinajad got the Broadway hat. He was outstanding. Only had the one assist. He set up Zuccarello's goal there in the first period. That was the best performance I've seen from Zabinajad in a long time, Adam. I don't know how you feel about it. But for me, he was all over the place. Phenomenal. I, I thought it was the Mika Zabinajad we saw in the preseason and in the first few games of the regular season when – you know, him and Kreider and Buchnevich were playing well. Like, he, he was just a different player last night. For the, for the first time since he got hurt, really, you know, he looked like the guy who, you know, we all kind of, who Ranger fans really fell in love with at the start of the year, who was everywhere and making you think, oh, wow, this guy's 23 years old. This guy's going to be the future. You know, yeah, we hate giving up Broussard, but this guy's for real. And now, you know, he had his ups and, da ups and downs and injuries. But last night was... I, I agree. I think it was the best game he's played all year. May, I can't say it was the best game he's ever played because I didn't watch him <laughs> in Ottawa, but it certainly looked like it. Certainly since he broke his leg, which was what, December? When was that? I don't even remember. I think it was before it was Thanksgiving. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't looked like that since before that injury for sure. It was just, there was just something about his game where it was just kind of like, he's had flashes in the past few months since coming back where he's, been that guy but never over 60 minutes and he just he, he was just there he was completely present last night in every way shape and form and probably deserved a hat trick and didn't get one tanner glass back in the lineup replaces pavel buchnevich uh I, I asked dan rosen about this you'll hear you'll hear that in a few minutes guys but adam <laughs> you should have seen dan's twitter notifications when he said the glass was in for buchnevich av has to be fired this is ridiculous what exactly have we seen from Pavel Buchnevich that says he has to continue to be in the lineup? Uh, I don't think anything, especially if right. he, you know, he's had good moments. He had he 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 was better against Montreal than he has been so far against Ottawa, and obviously he only played for five minutes in game two. Right. Uh, but you know, the idea isn't so much that it's Buchnevich. I think it's anyone but Glass. But you know, it was weird to hear last night, like. Putting Glass back in, a lot of people were saying, and I think some of the guys in the locker room were saying it on TV, you know, that they could play four lines again, which is right. exactly what they said when they put Buchnevich in after game three <laughs> against Montreal, that they could then play four lines again and play a skilled game. And now, you know, I, it, was, it was weird. I, I kind of expected a change, but it's weird to, like, go from Buch to think Buchnevich to Glass. But Glass is... You know, he's that guy. They're not going to put Brandon Peary or Matt Pumple in to replace Buchnevich. Right. Glass, Glass brings what he does. He had an assist last night. You know, in small moments, if you, you know, if you could carry, like, we're, like I've said earlier in the year, like if you had a DH that could be Brandon Peary, if you could just have like a, yeah. a third down back, like Tanner Glass come in for a few minutes a night, like that would be great. I don't know that the Rangers need him for 60 minutes, but like, a couple of shifts here and there, you know, you pull him out of the crowd, he could hit someone, bring some energy. Like, he can be a, a valuable player. It's just, it's in spurts. And, you know, he can also be bad at times, too. 
Right, but I think at the end of the day, you know what you're going to get from Tanner Glass. And with Buchnevich, you just don't know. Is he going to be dominant? Is he going to be a ghost? I think that's the difference right now for AV between the two. Yeah, Glass is only going to play eight minutes, but you know what you're going to get from Glass for the for those eight minutes. Right, and I think that's what's important because, you know, I, we talked during the year about how I thought Elaine Vigneault would pick out his lineup with guys based on the potential of what they could do that, that night, which is why I always thought... Dan Boyle would stay in the lineup in previous years or Kevin Klein was in because like at you know on paper Kevin Klein is a better player than Adam Clendenning but in that moment probably not and I think that that's probably what a lot of people think with Buchnevich too you know potentially he's got the ability to you know light up Craig Anderson but realistically we just haven't seen it and you know with Glass you know sure the other team might get a lot of shots and he may just hit some guys and that may not matter but you know his teammates like him he's made an impact and you know he's definitely going to play in the next game no question i caught up with nhl.com senior writer dan rosen on the chase bridge at msg after game three on tuesday night here's my chat with dan i'm at the top of the chase bridge at msg with my good buddy dan rosen senior writer from nhl.com thanks for a few minutes my man it is we're at the top of the world we really are we're really under the roof it's a it's a wonderful establishment i really like how they <laughs> fixed up this place um first period was crazy rangers totally dominated 15-5 as far as the shots go can't be surprised really with the energy the rangers brought be, being down two games to none but were you surprised at how lax the Senators were with the puck? I was. They, they turned it over. Um, they just weren't crisp with it when they had it. I, I think part of that you have to do, you have to give the Rangers some credit for that because they were they were good. They were on it and I thought they were first on puck a lot tonight but that has nothing to do with the turnovers. They they were just giving it away in the middle of the ice at times. It was just a, look it was just, let's not sure, but it was a bad first period yeah, really for was. the Ottawa Senators and in a way, I thought they were lucky to get out of it, only down two to nothing. But it set the tone for the rest of the night. And the Rangers, once they had that lead, you could see that they learned from their errors of their way in game two, and they were not giving it up. They they really didn't give Ottawa much of a sniff. Uh, I I I wrote in my column that I, I you know Lundqvist had 26 saves. The Rangers were up four to one at the end of two periods. And he maybe had to make two yeah. difficult saves yeah. by that point. And Pajot beat him, but that was off a, a terrific pass from Bobby Ryan from behind the net. He didn't have to do much. And Craig Anderson, basically the puck hit him at times. But that's it. Right. Like it, He didn't do much at all. He didn't help his cause when he went behind the net. But Ottawa was definitely just... They didn't have control of the puck. They didn't have control of much of their game at all. The Rangers were very good, but on the flip side, Ottawa just did not have a night. A lot of the, a lot of the guys in the locker room after the game were saying how that second day off was huge. Do you buy into that? I do, and Elaine Vigneault brought it up right off the top. Yeah. You know, the day after they lost that tough game, game two, Elaine Vigneault brought it up. He said in on his conference call, I think this second day off, and this having this extra day off is going to be big for us. It allowed, I think, the guys to just get away and at times even even when we work the series at times it's good to get away <laughs> second day off is yeah. huge second day off can be big you know um but allow them to get away just do something different which everybody needs to do you you, know, you work some you, you go to work every day yeah you eventually need a break you need something different and it allowed the coaches really to to dive in deeper and he made a very good point there after they gave up a, a late lead a lead late against montreal in game two and lost in overtime they had one day between games. They came back here for game three, and they were flat. The crowd yeah. was flat. They were yeah. flat. They played by far their worst game of the playoffs so far. 
and you know they didn't that extra day I do buy that it helped them because it didn't allow you know they they were able to purge it move on and, and it really did benefit them and they were also home they didn't have that extra right. day on the road either Great play by Mika Zabinajad behind the net to set up Zuccarello there in the first period. You've been watching him all year. Was that his best performance of the season as a Ranger? It was his best. He was all over the place. To me, it was his best performance since he broke his leg. Yeah. Uh, since he went out with that broken leg injury, I don't think there's a question this was his best performance since then. I thought there were times he was coming on before that broken leg. Even that game, yeah. you know, when he broke his leg, I think it was against Florida, I think. He had a tremendous night. And then he broke his leg. Right. <laughs> um, you know, he was playing really well. But since that injury where he missed 25 games, he came back. He actually scored two goals in his first game back and then really went into a slump. This was by far the most dominant I have seen him. And that, that play set the tone for the whole night. It set the tone for his night. Uh, again, I talk about it. First on puck, he you know, they chip it into the zone in a place where he could go get it. He was the first on the puck. He sort of like rimmed himself around the boards. Yeah. Tried to make a play at the near post. Lost it for a second. Gets it right back. Makes the play at the far post. As he sort of comes around, as he's sort of falling down, a little off balance. Perfect pass to Zuccarello right on his tape. He's wide open. Bang, it's a goal. It's a tremendous play by Zabinajad. Just a tremendous play. They've turned the lights off on us here at MSG, so it's getting real romantic here for Dan yes. and I. Lionel Richie will be playing yeah. here any Get second. A candle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned how Lundqvist wasn't really tested tonight. The D obviously tightened up after game two, giving up six goals. How crucial was that? Because you can't be yeah. allowing five or six goals. Well, that's the, the thing. That, that's the thing. I mean, he, he allowed one bad goal, yeah. I thought, in, in game two. It was Pajot's first goal. It was a shot from the right side, short side. He's got, he's got, to, handle, he's got to handle that. Yeah. He knows that. Um, if you think about the tying, the 5-4 the, the goal, the 5-5 goal, both are on deflections. They're not tying up Pajot in front. They're, right. get, they're getting an opportunity. Uh to come through and get the shot for the deflection. They just didn't, they didn't, they weren't tight enough in those scenarios, in those situations. And then uh, Holden makes a bad read on the, on the overtime winner, makes a pinch down the, down the wall for reasons I don't know. <laughs> and subsequently plays 14 and a half minutes tonight. <laughs> and subsequently plays 14 and a half minutes tonight, the lowest on the, on the D for the Rangers. And Peugeot made a great shot. So I, I don't, I think one goal of the six was was bad for Lundqvist, and that does speak to the play in front of him. Uh, they were just much sharper, much crisper, getting out of their zone, getting it in the zone, keeping it in the zone. They weren't on defense a yeah. lot tonight, and I think that was the key. They they just didn't have to play in their zone a lot tonight because they held the puck so much. And conversely, yeah, they're down two games to one, but they've scored nine goals in the past yeah. two games, and Guy Boucher's bread and butter is clogging up that neutral zone. Are you surprised that the Rangers have been able to, to break through there? Well, Rick Nash said to me some uh, that some after the game I, th- I thought was very interesting. He said, we figured out what works. And, and they figured it out in the first... They, at, at times, they did it in games one and two, yeah. where they were able to break through the, the neutral zone trap, if you want to call it that, that 1-3-1. One, one. At times, they were able to do it, but not consistently enough, and, and not just time after time after time again. They did that in the first period tonight, and that was something they figured out. And Nash said to me, in the second period, we didn't do it as much. We realized that they started to generate some momentum off of our own turnovers. We came back in the locker room in between periods and said, let's just go back to what works. Right. And in the third period, they went back to what works. It wasn't perfect. It didn't generate exactly what they were looking for in terms of offensive chances. But a lot of that is because they were trying to play safe and protect the lead, too. But it works. They know how to beat this team now. 
Yeah. Right? They, they, they knew how to beat him before, but now they have proof that what they do works. And I said it after game two in Ottawa. I was convinced the series is going back to Ottawa 2-2. Mm-hmm. After watching what I saw tonight, I'm even more convinced of it. Your Twitter notifications were pretty comical when you said that Glass was in for Buchnevich. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> People screaming yeah. for Amy's head. Yeah. Glass had another assist tonight. He had a good night. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't play a ton. Right. But he, eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. Yeah, you know what? There's two things with that. Number one... A.V. knows exactly what Tanger Glass is going to bring. He does not know on a game-to-game basis what he's going to get out of Pavel Buchnevich. That's partially because Buchnevich is a young player, skilled guy. You know, that's just, he's a young player figuring out how to be a skilled guy in this league. A.V. doesn't know what he's going to get out of him on a night-to-night basis. He knows exactly what Tanner Glass is going to do. There's some security in that, and I think that's why he went back to him. And the other thing is, is he wanted to change some energy around. I think, and I don't have a problem with that changing around some energy. Do I think Tanner Glass is a tremendous hockey player who's, who's great? No, I don't. But he brings energy for the eight to ten minutes he plays tonight, and it works. Yeah. You know, it worked. Is it? Does it mean that Pavel Buchnevich is done for these playoffs? No, because we saw it in the Montreal series right. where Glass came in, started game one, scored a goal, they won the game, they played well in game two, lost in overtime. And then they were flat in game three, made the that change. Buchnevich yep. came in and, and they picked it up and played very well. It's just, it's a feel thing, I think, for Elaine Vigneault. And it's also just the security of understanding when you're in a must win situation, he understood exactly what he was going to get out of Tanner Glass tonight. They were in sort of a must win situation in game four against Montreal, but they were coming off of a flat night and they were just trying to run people through the wall. And then they were taking on sort of the philosophy of glass and that that didn't work for them it works now what was your serious pick going in i had rangers in six when they were down too well what would you think after that rangers in seven <laughs> so you, you still thought after game two <laughs> i did was going i did you love the music too right oh, this is great thank this you is fantastic music here um <laughs> sorry everybody yeah it's all right uh i i did you know what i want i thought they had more i thought they had more minutes that were better yeah than Ottawa in the you know in those first two games in Ottawa and they easily could have been up 2-0 in that yeah. series they yeah. were down 2-0 but I thought coming back here that they would play a more assertive game and a smarter game they did tonight I, I don't see a reason why they won't in game four I do expect Ottawa to ratchet it up a little bit be better so I don't think it'll be a three goal difference or as a, tonight it was four to nothing at one point I don't expect that but I do think the Rangers go back to Ottawa 2-2, and now all of a sudden you got a brand new series. Last one, anybody on the Rangers side, you need to see more from. The Kreider penalty in particular stood out. Well, the Kreider penalty. penalty. That was just stupid. That was just not a smart play. Yeah. He, it, it was on Phaneuf. Phaneuf hit him a little bit, and Kreider just takes a two-handed whack like a baseball swing at his legs in front of the net when they're on a power play. Just not a smart play. Um, but in terms of tonight, I, I thought they played a real complete game yeah. tonight. I don't know that there's one guy you're looking at and saying, boy, they, he really needs to do more. Like, yeah, you'd want to see JT Miller score a goal. He was but I better. thought JT yeah. Miller had his best game of the playoffs yeah. tonight. You want to see Kevin Hayes maybe get to the net more, but even still, I thought he was pretty good tonight. Yeah. Um, the step on line was better. I thought VC had a good night. Nash had a good night. I don't. I don't look around and say, boy, they need more from that guy. I did after game two. Like, I thought Miller needed to deliver more. I thought Nash needed to deliver more. Certainly Stahl and Holden had to do more. Uh, and Lundqvist, he had to do more as well. But they all did play, play a strong role tonight. And 
if the ice time is going to be div- divided up among the D like they had it tonight, where McDonough and Girardi, Shea and Smith are getting the balance of the bulk of those minutes, it makes Stall and Holden a better pair when they play in the teens and the mid-teens as opposed to in the you know mid-twenties. And that's you know game two they went to double overtime, but they played a lot of minutes and they were exposed. Dan, thanks for this. See you Thursday right, night, man. Thanks again to Dan Rosen. Follow him on Twitter at DRosenNHL. Adam, he had Rangers in six going in. He thinks it's probably going to take seven games now. Uh, you you hit the nail on the head last week when you said don't sell these Senators short. They're a pretty good hockey team. Uh, they clearly showed that through the first two games, not so much in game three. Uh, but this certainly reeks of a series that's going to go the distance. Yeah, and I think that it's a series that's a bet. Like I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to get nasty soon. I think a lot of people were waiting for this series to take on the physical toll that uh, the first round series for the Rangers did. Uh, like, I, I don't know if he'll actually play, but, you know, Chris Neal's just hanging around. And if yeah. he gets in here, you know, that's going to be, a you know, that's like Tanner Glass, but on steroids and with more headshots. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I have a feeling that this series, I don't think this series is uh, close to being over. I think that the Rangers are going to win game four. And I think ultimately it's going to go to seven. Uh, but I do think that Ottawa, I, I, there's something about Ottawa, and I know that I was really praising them last week. I just don't, I think they're going to really bring it tomorrow, and I think the Rangers are going to have to be even better. And I, I just think that there's, there's something with Ottawa, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but like that I think that there's going to be some X factor there. You know, maybe this is the game Carlson just dominates or something. Right. Or, you know, Chris Neal comes in and knocks four guys out. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe Matt Niskanen's available. I'm not sure. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Let's not go down that road. Uh, Listen, as as far as Neil goes, Adam, even if they don't want to turn to Chris Neil, they might have to because we don't know what's going to happen with Bobby Ryan and Zach Smith. Both left the game last night. Right. So, you know, they've got depth, and I think Tommy Pyatt, a former Ranger draft pick, is probably going to slot in because a lot of people have been waiting him for getting him. But, you know, if if both of those guys can't go or even if – Guy Boucher wants to make another change. You know, there, there's some other X factor out there for Ottawa, and I, I think we're going to see it tomorrow. Let's talk about the defense here for a minute. We didn't touch, we didn't touch on that earlier in the show. Uh, I really like the way AV balanced the minutes as far as the six guys go. Uh, Holden was brutal in game two, so he only played, what, 14 minutes last night. McDonough played 26. Girardi was good. Adam, he really was. He played 20 minutes. Uh, they've got to... They've got to continue to find that balance as far as let's let the guys who are playing better play more minutes and keep away from Nick Holden if you can. You don't want him playing 20 minutes a night right now. No, you you don't want – I don't know that they want Nick Holden playing any minutes. But it, yeah. it, after what he's done, you know, and I know that he's still got a lot – I think he's still got some, uh, you know, cachet from how he played earlier in the year with A.V., but, like, if they're not going to sit him after game two, like, that really kind of tells you what they think about Kevin Klein. Oh, uh, yeah and some of the other guys that are out there on the Rangers bench. But, you know, Shea and Smith were really good. They were elevated, and I think that they should be the second pair. And, you know, Mark Stahl, who I still like a lot, but has he certainly doesn't move as well as he used to, and he certainly has struggled. You know, if he's on the third pair, despite his cap hit, you know, that's, that's not a bad option for the Rangers. He only played 16-17 last night, which is crazy. Mark Stahl's usually a guy who plays in upwards of 20 minutes. Um, we, we brought this up on previous shows, Adam. I, I don't know where this team is without that acquisition of Brendan Smith. He's been fantastic for these guys. I would say that they're probably not in the playoffs right now. Yeah. They're probably out if 
they're still relying on Kevin Klein to play big minutes or Stephen Camford or Clendenning, you know, they may not win that series against Montreal. And, you know, Smith's been really good. And, you know, I'm trying my absolute best not to think ahead, but I have to think that there's going to be some way that they're going to keep him. Uh, yeah, I think I, they have to. I, th I think he, I think he really enjoys being a Ranger. I think that he's, uh, he's really fit in well. I think that he will. I think that they'll find a way to keep him, and then also somehow, obviously, find a way to to sign Kevin Shattenkirk also. But you know, those are for off-season podcasts. <laughs> I asked Dan this last night. I'll ask you. Um, I like J.T. Miller's game last night. I thought he was better. I still think they need more from him. Is there one guy? offensively or defensively that they need more from as this series progresses here? I think it's either Miller, uh, who I agree was probably last night was probably his best game. Or yeah. I still think it's Chris Kreider. I mean, he that penalty was ridiculous. What is he doing there? And Come on. You gotta be smarter than that. And Pierre Maguire just railed on him because of it. <laughs> and, and it was deservedly so, because I think that, yep. well, for, first of all, let's give him credit. That was a pretty great hack that he hit yes, on Fanoof. Now, if the ref doesn't see it, that's a great play. But the ref did see it, and it's a horrible penalty. And yeah. then, you know, he scored in game two on what was one of the weirder goals of that game in a game that featured a lot of weird goals. Uh, yeah. I still think he needs to be a lot better. I think he needs to be a lot more consistent. If he's not going to be the scoring guy, he's got to be the physical fast guy. He's got to do more of the dirty work. I mean, you know, one guy who... Uh, and Nick's not here, but Jesper Faust has been unbelievable in the playoffs. Yes, he has. He's yeah. been great. You know, if at the very least Chris Kreider isn't going to score, let just let him play the Jesper Faust role. Let him go into the corners. Let him get pucks. Let him just set up for other guys and create space because the Rangers need something more from Kreider than what they're getting, and he can give them more than just scoring goals. How about Kevin Hayes, Adam? Took 22 face-offs last night, which is crazy. He won half of them. Good for him. He's obviously getting better in the circle because last year he was awful. Um, but I'd like to see a little bit more from Hayes, at least as far as quality chances and scoring goes. Yeah, he he also needs to be better. And I feel like, you know, to me, he's a guy that uh, I'm not looking at a lot for whatever reason. I still look more for Kreider and Miller to yeah. do stuff. But Because, uh, you know, Hayes had a good year, and he certainly got better on face-offs. Uh, you know, they use him as a penalty killer sometimes. But he also, offensively, he can be a huge mismatch uh, for the Rangers. Just, you know, I guess if he's playing Derek Broussard on the third line, maybe it's not a mismatch. But, you know, offensively, he can do things that a lot of other third-line centers can't do, and the Rangers should really try and take advantage of that. Senators are getting nothing from Broussard. Yeah, it's Nothing. been it's been like he was a ghost last night. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything, and I wonder if, you know, he was so good in the first round. I don't know if it's like a weird kind of factor of like, wait, I used to play for these guys going the other way in blue, <laughs> and now like, wait, Zook. The one thing that I thought of last night with Broussard was how he must have felt when Zabinijad set up Zuccarello to score. Like, yeah. oh. You're cheating on me <laughs> with this guy. Me. Yeah, like, <laughs> how could you do this to me right in front of me? But it was just, yeah, he, he hasn't been good. In, but, again, I would expect maybe he's the X factor I can't put my finger on because he's certainly someone who needs to be a lot better for Ottawa. I had Rangers in six before the series started. I don't know if they're going to win three games in a row here, Adam, so I'll say Rangers in seven. Well, who do you have here the rest of the way? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go with Rangers in seven, too. I think that if they can – at least in somewhat resemble the way they played last night going forward. And, you know, 
not turn the puck over and not play horrible defense and not box guys out or actually box guys out, uh, you know, then I think that I think that they're a better team than Ottawa. But like I said, I think Ottawa is better than people expected. But I think that ultimately the Rangers can win this one in seven. Game seven will be next Thursday night if necessary. We're hoping to be back next Wednesday, so we will see you then. Thanks again to Dan Rosen. Enjoy the rest of the series. We'll see you next week. This has been Rangers Blue Line, part of the SNY.TV audio network.